Welcome to the Food Allergy in Your Kiddo podcast. I am Pamela Stodge. Today, we are bringing you part two of our interview with Tamara Hubbard. If you have not done so already, please go back and listen to Dr. Hoyt and I get really amazing tips on how to manage the mental health aspect of parenting a child with a food allergy from a parent's perspective. On today's episode, we're actually going to talk to Tamara about tips that parents can use to help their kids manage their anxiety. Because as we all know, the anxiety and stress of a food allergy is not just on us, the parents. It's equally important to help our kiddos deal with their own stress. So grab a cup of coffee, friends, and let's dive into part two of this great talk with Tamara. Welcome to Food Allergy and Your Kiddo with Dr. Alice Hoyt, the podcast about demystifying food allergies, diminishing allergy anxiety, and taking back control. Let's navigate this challenge together with evidence-based information, scientific research, and tried and proven practices. And now, here's your host, board-certified allergist and immunologist specializing in food allergy, Dr. Alice Hoyt. So then the second tip I have is getting to know your own anxiety. So we understand the role of anxiety, but that's going to look different for everybody, right? Um, So... The, the key, th- one of the key things here is, <laughs> this is a big one, understanding what's your anxiety versus your child's. Mm. And you what you worry about may not be the same thing that your child worries about. I have seen where a child has an anaphylactic reaction, comes out of that and is like, yep, didn't skip a beat, totally fine. And the parent is traumatized, understandably mm-hmm. so. Again, I am going to normalize all these feelings that again, and, and I, I'm going to back up a little bit here. Emotional, this is huge. Emotional validation does not mean that we're looking at the statements people are saying and validating whether they're true or not. It's literally just saying, I am validating your internal experience, your emotional experience of that situation. So a parent who has just gone through an allergic reaction or an anaphylactic reaction with their child is likely going to come away feeling a whole slew of feelings and thoughts. And I think a lot of people, you know, family members may do the, oh, it's okay, don't worry, right? A, because they don't know how to respond. B, because they don't want the parent or the person to feel like um, everything's unsafe. Again, you know, and so what that does, though, is not validate that that person just had a really emotional experience. So I think it's important to emotionally validate that person's experience, whether it's the child or the parent, um, and realize it's not it's not reinforcing the fact that now they have to be afraid of everything. They're going to get through that part. That's going to take time. They have to rebuild trust in themselves, in the world, and in their their capabilities again, and that will happen. But let's start with saying that was hard. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, but again, I go back to the point that you have an allergic reaction, potentially the hair, this is a situation and your child may be totally fine after that. And you're left with all these feelings. So it's important to recognize in any situation, is it your worry or your child's worry? Right. And, um, what do we know about kids, especially young ones? They look up to us after something happens or when something's going on, and they want to understand, should I be scared about this, right? The, the classic example is a kid trips and falls. What do they do? They look back at their parent, mm-hmm. the parent mm-hmm. freaking out. Or is the parent going like, oh, you know, hey, that wasn't fun. You know, like mm-hmm. 
And then they kind of helped. Some will just scream. I mean, not all of them do that. Some (laughs) will just scream because it hurts and there's blood and, um, but they do, they look at our reactions of things. So, um, as part of getting to know your own anxiety, you need to, you need to learn how you react with your anxiety. You need to um, learn how is this fear and anxiety getting in the way of following through with what's important to you as a parent, right? So if one of your parenting goals is to make sure that your kids learn important life skills, allergy or otherwise, is your fear and anxiety getting in the way of being able to do that, right? So that's one important way that you can understand your own anxiety. And then there's the basics, just like we would teach our kids what does your body do when it's anxious? How do you respond? What do your thoughts do? What does your mind tell you is going to happen? Right? Mm -hmm. So it's really just taking that principle of this is what anxiety is. And now how does it impact me and affect me? And then my ability to parent my child with an allergy. So good. So good. (laughs) But I mean, it's just so true because if you're worried and the kids see that, sees that in your face, then they would get worried too. Mm -hmm. And it's just, yeah. So good. And then if you're not, if you're not also wondering what, what are they worrying about, then what are we missing with our kiddo? Right. Right. And sometimes, you know, because we're worried and we assume that our children are worried, we start asking leading questions. Yes. Right. <laughs> like, and then the kids like, why are you asking me so many questions? Yes. Or like those kids that are doing OIT or slip or, you know, some kind of treatment right there. The parents, we go into hypervigilant watch mode. Right? Why are you and, looking at me so much? Right? Mom? Well, right. So now, <laughs> so now we're telling our child there's something we should be worried about because we're acting strange and funny. And again, we have, we have to develop that relationship with our own anxiety that like we can recognize it and we can recognize what it wants us to do. And maybe we find a way of doing that where it's not so obviously, you know, off-putting to the child. Mm-hmm. Or we say to our anxiety, Hey, thanks mine for letting me know I'm anxious. I understand. I would feel anxious right now. I'm going to keep that there. I'm just going to kind of keep watching. And if I need you, cause something happens, I'll call you back in. That's great. Just so great. <laughs> I know sometimes I'm like, people feel like they're kind of, you know, they're talking to their mind. I'm like, you know, it really <laughs> but, is. Helpful, but though. we need to, yeah, yeah. we need yeah. to, we have to be in touch. We do. Those are, I mean, those are great tips. Um, and so how do you take those tips and turn them around and allow us, the parent, to help our child navigate through whatever their feelings are? So you mean like how do parents um, teach those, like what are the tips for the kids to help? Them? Right. Yes. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah. So they're going to be very similar. Again, the goal is going to be kind of to use these principles to teach our kids the same thing, right? So that to learn that they can walk with their anxiety, um, they don't need to just like completely aim to get rid of it, right? So the first tip is going to be kind of the same as with parents. We need to teach our kids what anxiety is or what anxious thoughts are, right? And teach them the role of the of anxious thoughts, that they can be helpful, that we don't need to be afraid of them, that they don't automatically mean something's going to go wrong, Right. We can help them understand that too by by talking about times where we felt worried or anxious, even when there's no food involved. So if they've had to talk about something in public at school, if they've had a test, right? So that's the second tip is helping them notice their anxiety signs. What does their body do? 
when they're anxious, right? So that would be like, hey, let's talk about outside of food. We know there's no food involved. We're not worried about a reaction. It's nothing to do with that. Does your, you know, what does your, what does your body feel like? What does your mind tell you is going to happen, right? What do you, what do you do when your mind tells you it's scary, right? So helping them understand that this can be a part of our life, even not related to food allergies, and that the role of anxiety is to help us be more prepared and take a look at things and not cross the street without looking and, and you know, but that it also isn't there to tell it, it we, we don't have to develop a relationship with it where we feel like anxiety means that everything will be bad, mm-hmm. right? Just like sadness is there, again, emotions have a purpose. I want people to be curious about their feelings. Why am I feeling sad? Why am I feeling happy? Why, you know, just put your inspector gadget hat on and be curious and investigate why your feelings are there. They have a purpose. They're trying to tell you something. So we need to teach our kids that, right? And anxiety is no different. Okay. And then the next is help them identify what's important to them. So is it important for them to be able to learn how to go to a party? Is it important for them to, to, to be included in activities? Is it important for them to feel safe enough at school? It, you know, what is important to them? What would they do if their anxiety and worry wasn't there? That's a question parents can ask themselves too. What would you be doing more of or less of if your anxiety and worry about this wasn't there? Um, what do you wanna accomplish, right? So this sort of helps set the stage for, I'm a big map person too. So. <laughs> This helps set the stage for the next step, which is then make a plan, make a map to move forward. Okay, so we understand anxiety, the role of it. We understand what our body and mind does when we feel anxious. We understand what's important to us and how anxiety and worry may be getting in the way of doing those things. And now we're going to make a plan to move forward with our anxiety, right? And again, the goal is not to like leave people here with this like massive anxiety. Through this process, we're going to take the power away, like you said, Pam, and bring the intensity, turn the volume of the intensity down. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, and and so I'm not going to be like, yeah, just walk with it where it's like, screaming in your face, right? No, you're just, you're taking away its power and you're, and you're driving the truck, right? You're not letting the anxiety drive the truck. What I want people to do is, is give themselves some pause and space to decide why their feelings are there and what they want to do about them rather Mm -hmm. than just immediately act on them. Right. And so, so making a plan to move forward for kids can look like, um, again, the goal is not necessarily to get rid of anxiety, but to turn the volume down on it so that we can still move forward. So it, it can include things like um, what I call filling, filling knowledge gaps. So if, if there are questions that kids have, I find this particularly comes up too when let's just say, you know, the child was diagnosed when they were young, maybe there was an allergic reaction or there wasn't. And then there's many years that go by, there's no reactions. Um, everything seems fine. You get into your groove. And then all of a sudden you hit a whole new developmental stage, you know, adolescence, um, there are going to be knowledge gaps because there are different things that you're dealing with than you did when they were kids. And so you as a parent and even the, the kid themselves need to sort of pause and say, okay, what, we don't know what we don't know. What don't we know? What do we need to know? Right. So it might be asking questions and filling those knowledge gaps. It could be practicing skills, right? They might need to do more preparing. They may need to learn how to advocate and speak up. Um, they may need to revisit the choices about like that party. So what are our choices about how to navigate this party safely? 
they can remember things where they did things that were hard and got through it. It was okay. Remembering that anxiety is there to help them make good choices, but not necessarily mean things will go bad. Right. And then they can practice their calming techniques. And we can even talk about some of those calming techniques we can use for ourselves and for our kids to help when our body is activated and our mind is activated in those more acute phases. What are, um, what are some of those techniques? So there is a bunch. Um, some of my favorite ones are, um, you know, everyone talks about breathing and there's different strategies for breathing to calm our body. So these calming or grounding strategies send signals, not just to our brain, but to our body, our central nervous system, like, Hey, false alarm. We can calm down now. Right. So for when I'll just pull out like a breathing technique here for adults or for parents, I, I like square breathing, which in your mind, or you can do it on paper or like just with your finger, trace a square, right? And so why it's called, yep, why it's called square breathing is you're going to go, and we can do it right here. Yeah. We, we can go in for four. So in through your nose for four, hold for four, out through your mouth for four, in for four, and keep repeating. So it's a square hold. So in hold, hold for four out for four. So in hold out and then in and keep repeating. And so really what that does is it just slows down our breathing. Right. And I mean, we could use this anywhere. We're panicked in a store because like now people are too close to us. When we're going out right now that we're <laughs> venturing out. Let's just do some calming breathing. It's okay. Um, for kids, they could do the square breathing. That's simple enough to remember, but there's one for younger kids. Um, and people have different names for this, but I call it cake and candle breathing. So, um, and they can use their hand. They can put their hand up. Like, so I'm, you can't, no one can see this cause it's a podcast, but I'm <laughs> holding my hand up so that people, so that you can like spread your fingers out. Like you're going to give a high five. And when they trace up their thumb, right. That's breathing in when they trace down their thumb or down their finger, that's breathing out through their mouth. So up the finger is breathing in through the nose and down is breathing out through the mouth. And so the, 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 the instructions I'll give is as you're breathing in through your nose, it's like you're taking in the smell of a delicious cake. Mm -hmm. And when you're breathing out, when you're going down your finger, it's blowing out the candle on that cake. And they keep doing this. So it's, I call it cake and candle breathing. So that's, I love that. that for the kids. Yeah. And we'll put a link to these things on food allergy and your kiddo.com that will link over to these. This, this is amazing. Tamara. <laughs> the, the, it just is like, I mean, and again, we can use this anywhere. This, yeah. nobody knows we're doing it. Um, mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be related to food allergies. It can happen in an OIT office setting. I mean, like these things, the other one I'll give you is five, four, three, two, one. So that's about being present and grounding yourself. And so it's five things you can see, four things you can touch, three things you can hear, two things that you can smell and one you can taste. And so really what that's doing is just trying to get yourself to be present focus versus future, future focus, which is where mm -hmm. all the worrying comes up. Um, so, you know, I notice, and you can even do five red things you can see. I mean, these are things you can do with kids, right? Four things you can touch around you that are green or something like that. That's so, I mean, that's so great. 
It's so, and, and again, it sounds so simple to do, um, that we can just incorporate, you know, if you're having a hard time sleeping, you know, do your, your square breathing or, um, you know, if your child was up because it, like we had a thunderstorm last night, you know, if they were up and now they're scared to go back to sleep, um, Mm -hmm. especially here where we are, where we just had all the hurricanes, um, you know, every time there's thunder, my kids get a little anxious because trees fell, you know, and and we have to remind them. Yeah. And we have to remind them we took care of the trees. It's, you know, it's okay. But to also have that, you know, that breathing technique, because I always tell my kids, you know, just, just breathe it out. But to have that visual Mm -hmm. is so great for kids because us as adults, I mean, the, our listeners know we can see each other when we're, you know, recording. Um, we literally just sat here and all had our hands up and we were breathing in and out and we made squares with our fingers. It just, it really is so calming. And, um, it's just so important for people, not just to, you know, if you're listening to the podcast and you're hearing this and you, and you think, you know, that could help me. It absolutely could. And it doesn't have to end here just because you're hearing some great techniques from you, Tamara, doesn't mean that that's all you need. Sometimes we need a little more Mm -hmm. and that's okay. And it can be, you know, long-term counseling and therapy, or it can be every once in a while counseling and therapy, but it's just like you said, um, it's not self-care, but just committing to yourself that, you know, you need to take care of, of the you before you can take care of the others. What is the analogy? What is that analogy that when the mask drops, put it on yourself on the plane oh, right. before you help your child, right? Yeah. And, that's, and that is, I mean, I, I think I'm qualified to say this both as a mom and as a therapist that, you know, and again, no offense to dads. I love allergy dads too. <laughs> um, I have an allergy husband, but um, <clears throat> we tend to forgo doing for ourselves because we are so focused on risk management and mm-hmm. never having, you know, anything risky happen. And that also sets ourselves up for not wanting to ever be anxious because we want to control things so much that there's never a risk ever. And that's not necessarily possible right. or helpful because how do we learn and grow? You know, we grow, we grow through mistakes. And I know that with allergies, this, you know, mistakes can feel really big and they can be really big. Right. But we have to remind ourselves that the way that we grow and help our kids grow their skills and grow our tolerance with discomfort too, is by practicing through tough things and getting through and saying, okay, we did that. We can do hard things. Mm-hmm. This is amazing. Tamara. Ow. <laughs> I mean, I, I have notes. I took notes. <laughs> I feel like this is only the beginning, by the way. I love talking about this stuff. (laughs) This was amazing. Um, Thank you so much for coming on our podcast and and sharing the the wealth of knowledge that you have to help families navigate life with food allergies and normalizing and acknowledging and the square breathing, all of the things. Um, this was just incredibly helpful to say the least. Right, Pam? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it just, it's so needed. I mean, I've been saying that probably for the last six, seven episodes, it's so needed. Um, people need to be okay Mm -hmm. 
with not being okay sometimes. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, and I mean, I just, I don't even know what else to say. It's just, <laughs> you know, it's being yeah. okay with not being okay. And, yeah. and figuring out how to live a normal life because as scary as it is and how I can sit here and vividly remember being in this room and my daughter have had her first, um, allergic reaction, I can go back and think about it and be super, have those anxious feelings, but they're not any longer controlling my life. And people need to get to that point Um, because life is too good, right? Life is too good to allow our emotions to overtake us and run our lives. Yes. No, I agree. Thank you for having me. And I'll leave with one last tip that avoidance may be a good strategy for allergy management, but avoiding anxiety is not helpful. That's good. So good. (laughs) That's good. Thank Thank you you so much for coming on today. You were amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys, wasn't that so good? So good. I just want to thank Tamara so much for all of her tips for adults and for kiddos. Something that I came away with that I think is so important that I hope you all came away with is the idea of normalizing anxiety and getting to know it so that we can live our better lives as opposed to having anxiety and stress overtake our lives and dictate how we should live. I hope most of all, though, that anybody out there that's struggling with anxiety or stress or is navigating this new life of food allergy listen to this episode and I hope that you know that you're not alone. I hope that you know that your feelings are real and they're normal and it's okay to have them. And it's even more okay to ask for help so that you can live your best life. I know personally, it's been one of the best things that I've done for myself and for my family is get the help that I needed and the tools that I needed to navigate my life with anxiety and therefore be able to help those around me navigate their anxiety. So thank you so much for joining us on this two-part series today. And as always, visit us at foodallergyandyourkiddo.com. And remember, Dr. Hoyt is an allergist, but she is not your allergist. So speak to your allergist about anything you have heard on the show today. And from one food allergy mama to another, God bless you and your family. Mm